<laughs> Hello and welcome back to episode number 10 of the What the Durf Show. Noemi's going to join me in this intro. Say hi, hi. Noemi. Hi. Um, what do we talk about in this episode, Noemi? In this episode, I ask Freddie to mansplain some things. And we get to talk about the 90s. We dive into a little bit of romantic comedies as well as Titanic. Yeah, the sweaty and scene in Titanic. Yeah. And not the actors. Freddie. Uh, hmm. Sitting next to his mom. Yeah. Watching boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, as usual, after I just say watching boobies, but you'll get it in the context when you listen to it, we get into the verse of the day. Da da da. Yes, and we're talking a little bit about our favorite. Is he an athlete? Our favorite strongman, which is Robert Owens. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's just so, he's just a man. Yeah. There's not too many men nowadays. It was a fun episode. It was different. We didn't record a video for YouTube, but we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Lily. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the episode, Lily. Yeah, Lily. <laughs> Lily. Ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Freddie Diaz. <laughs> now, back in the building. <laughs> and your radio. I need to or know. your ear. Noemi. Hi. <laughs> and Freddie. <laughs> Why were you making eye contact with me the whole time? I don't know. I don't know. Hello oh, and welcome back God. to episode 10 of the What the Derf show. And we made it to 10. Yes, we made it to 10. We made it to 10. We are not going to record this for the YouTube upload because... Honestly, we're a little behind on it and we're trying to feel it out to see if there's a little less pressure. Yeah. And not recording it just to see how it carries over into your listening pleasures. I don't have anything to look at right now. Into except your for you. ear. Usually I'm looking at your phone and my phone at the same time. Yeah. So we're, we're trying it out. It is episode 10 and here we go. Yep. So... <clears throat> At first, I'd like to start off, at first, I'd like to start off by saying that Noemi and I just, uh, you know, a few days ago, we re-watched Hitch, Hitch with uh, Will Smith and Eva Mendez. It also has Michael Rappaport in it for a brief moment. First of all, the acting, for whatever reason to me, when I was watching it, I didn't believe it. You didn't believe it? It was legit not good acting and not good transitions. Wow. The the best part of Hitch is Kevin James. No. Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Yeah. He will forever be Paul Blart to me. What's his name? Brenneman? Albert Brenneman. Albert Brenneman. Without Albert Brenneman, that movie is horrible. And here's why. Because in the very beginning of the movie... It's problematic. Go ahead, go ahead and tell me, tell me why the, the beginning of Hitch was, was bad. Okay, so the beginning is basically Hitch giving all the, what does he call them, basic principles about falling in love and what girls do whenever you meet them. The things they say, usually they're blowing you off. So you need to try harder, or, you know, whatever it might be. And the opening scene really is him kind of stealing the girl's dog and then gives it to the guy that's trying to win her over. Who acts like he gets hit by a car and saves save. her dog. So he says everybody has, uh, has, everybody has, every man has the right to sweep any woman off of her feet. And then Freddie goes, yeah, by lying to her, stealing her dog and pretending you have ran over trying to save the dog. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, because we That's didn't notice it the first time we saw it because it's all funny. It's a comedy. But the whole premise of this movie is that you're creating you're creating interaction 
And it's not organic because you're creating this. It's all created. And I get the whole reason why is because those guys, they wouldn't necessarily have the quote unquote chance to talk to a female of of the stature that they were infatuated by. uh, That was out of their league to say the least. Okay. So I get that a conversation wouldn't naturally happen for the most part. So you're, you're creating these mm. moments and it's, it's just, it's, it's lies. I mean, it's a, the movie exaggerates it because there's some very beautiful women who are with pretty average looking guys and vice versa. Very yeah. handsome men who are with pretty average, not that they're ugly, but they're, you would think, you know, that certain types of guys would look for something. It doesn't always happen. So it does, exaggerated a bit and it's funny that's the difference between being a woman and watching a romantic comedy and being a man and watching a romantic comedy because yes no no because yes. i love romantic comedies i know you do i love devil wars prada i love 50 first dates i love blended i mean those are all romantic comedies right i love that i love romantic comedy okay Another thing about this movie is is the chase. They they put they put some emphasis on the chase, right? And then we got into oh, a conversation I after. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, girls, girls, they 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 want the chase, but they don't want the chase. They want the no. chase from certain men, so he was but ob- they don't want the chase. It just doesn't make any sense. He to was me. upset with the ending of it because at the end, even Mendez is blowing him off. He, she pretends like the guy that's with him is her boyfriend. She doesn't say it, but it's implied, but it's really her sister's fiance yeah, or something. Much. And so then they end up kissing Hitch and, and Eva Mendez. Um, I forgot her name in the movie. But they kiss they after. Kiss, and then he, he looks at me and he goes, okay, yeah, that's realistic. She was just running away from him. And I said, girls like to be chased. And he said, nah. Nah. No, because okay, so, so she's she, this is what the movie's portraying you that a, be a girl is she wants to be chased. She denies Will Smith at least eight times mm-hmm. to the point where he jumps on top of her car. Which if I did that on Pacheco and Los Baños, you'd be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and no one would fall in love with me. No one probably because no. I don't know what's attractive about a man that okay. that's that desperate. Also, Eva Mendez is driving a Mini Cooper. That would have been, you know what? Go ahead. Okay. That would have been the end of the movie because you're, you're driving a stupid car. Your um your Facebook post on the Merced County PD would be Alfred Diaz, 34 years old, jumped on top of a female, um, a female's car trying to get her number or whatever. And he's been arrested. Didn't get that phone number. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I, I didn't also, like, I don't know. She didn't want to be with him. So I didn't like the movie because the she says the girls like the chase. It's like, okay, the girls like the chase, but they're looking around and like, I don't want that one to chase me. They Maybe that one could chase me. I don't want that oh, one yeah, to chase that me. Oh, yeah, that was Definitely his problem. Definitely not that one to chase he's me. Like, I want yeah, that one to chase me. They don't want everybody to so, chase them. So if, the, if a girl goes to the gym. It has to be the right one. And wants, wants a guy to chase her. But it's not okay for a guy to be persistent after the no. But then a girl wants to chase after the no. Where is the where is the where is the silver lining? Where is it? I know it has to do with just, you know, pheromones and attractiveness. Moving on. Speaking of the gym, I'm getting annoyed at the gym. It makes you what? Makes me angry. Why? Because these kids are evolving. And I'm pretty sure they're all taking steroids. Oh. Mm-hmm. They're all taking steroids. They're huge or what? The, the kids are big. The girls are fit. Everybody looks like an IG model. All these little, little 19, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds. Yeah, but they go to the gym a lot. That's all they have to do. They just go to, they just go to college I'll and go, work out. I'll go to the gym. I'll see <clears throat> Bradley. I don't know a Bradley. He's fit. He's tall. He's chiseled. It doesn't need good lighting to show the cuts. And I'm like, well, that sucks. I jiggle. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, you know, I try to take a picture in the bathroom with nobody in there. You kind of just like look around. You go, you go in there. First of all, if you're in the, if you're the, a dude in the bathroom and you go in there and you're, you're changing, it's okay. Go butt naked. 
get butt naked, change and go take a shower, change in different underwear, do what you got to do. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. When you're in the guy's locker room, you look neck up. If you get naked, do not put your foot on the bench and go through your phone while you're naked. Ew. Make it Who a does point, that? dudes in the gym, Ew. to put your clothes back on. Ew. I don't want to see this, especially if you're 350 pounds. I don't want to see that. Not that I would want to see it if they were skinny. But if they if they were ripped, you'd be but like, the, but okay. the ones that usually do okay. are the heavier set. Guys. I get it. You're just saying, look at me, zero percent body fat. You want this? Either way, I don't need it. Put your clothes on. <laughs> okay, so I'm in the gym. I try to take a selfie. When I take a selfie in the gym, you kind of you listen. Is anybody dropping a deuce? Anybody in the shower? Nobody's in here. If somebody's in there and you want to take a picture, you wash your hands a little longer. Oh. Got to blow my nose, go get some tissue. They leave, picture so time. So insecure about it. Just take the picture. No, I can't do it. I'm 34 years old. I can't be seen <laughs> taking a picture, but I got to get the good lighting. These kids, they're they're just ripped. So I get a little, I get a little, not insecure, but a little jealous. Get a little jealous. I go, I want my metabolism back. My, my metabolism yeah. left me uh, probably marriage number two. Marriage okay. number two. It said Fred. It, she took it with the divorce. <laughs> it, was, it was part of the, she, the contract the agree, or whatever, the agreement. The contract. Her. The contract. <laughs> Not playing baseball. <laughs> part of the two-year term. Sorry, that's a little di- divorce humor for you. Yeah. Everybody loves for divorce the, for humor. For the listeners. <laughs> Freddie and I are, we're used to kind of making fun of ourselves. Yeah, it's okay. And this kid, Bradley, feeling a little jealous and then I go, hey, I wonder what's in the Magnolia section at Target. I wonder what kind of gift cards you're giving away for. You, sometimes you go get two bottles of laundry detergent and get a $5 gift card. Sometimes it's outrageous. They want you to get four for a $5 gift card. Nobody needs four bottles of laundry detergent. Target. <laughs> you know damn well nobody's going to get a $5 gift card that day. Yeah. I did buy four one time and returned two to see if I still kept the gift card. I kept the gift card. Loophole. And I see Bradley stocking shelves with a scanner. And then I go, makes sense. Of course you're ripped. You do nothing. You're nothing. You're just a target. Mm. So then I feel a little better about myself and I'm good. Side note, asterisk, little bonus critique. Mm Mm-hmm. Your muscles don't mean nothing if you can't pour concrete. Concrete is the true measurement of muscle. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. You're just throwing that out there. Well, speaking of concrete, speaking of men, men, I took the liberty of going on Facebook and asking. Is this a surprise to me? This is a surprise to you. And it is a segment. So what's the segment? Mansplaining with Freddie Diaz. <laughs> mansplaining? You're explaining it from a man's point of view. Okay, I like this. You're I like the direction of this. Okay. All right. The title of the, or the question really is, why do men fill in the blanks? Okay, so let's asked, do it. I asked my fellow ladies on that I have on Facebook. Okay. If they can ask or finish the question, why do men? Okay. The first one is from Katie. Katie, I'm just, you already know who it is. I okay. Don't, I don't want to say last name. From church? Okay. From church. She said, why do men need to fix things? <laughs> Not like the car, but situations. I say this, this, and this happen. I'm frustrated. I just need him to listen. Yet he wants to fix the situation. That's the question? Okay, so we gotta we gotta look into <laughs> character traits of a male. Me, me, I'm okay YouTubing how to fix something. But growing up, my dad would never look at the instructions when he put stuff together. He wanted to fix things. Okay. All right. He wanted to do it without instruction or help from something else. You understood the question, right? Yeah. So why do men always try to fix things? So we've got to go to the root of it. Okay. Of what they're trying to fix. Okay. All right. I think fix 
equates to provide maybe. I don't know. Okay. All right. If you go to, to our ancestral days, what did men do? They hunted. They provided. They fixed problems. Mm. If, if uh, the problems were protecting the tribe, protecting the Eskimos. I don't know why everybody's wearing an Eskimo coat in, this, in my brain right now. Tell me why I was picturing the same and mammoths, with the leather stuff. And, and mastodons? Yes. Okay, so they, the men are called when there's a problem. You don't need help when you're, when you're gathering, all right? Yeah. You need help when bo- dudes... boo things. When dudes are coming trying to invade your camp. You need help... If there's a fire, maybe the men come and they fix things. Fast forward 97,000 years. That's my timeline. I know that's too long. I don't know why I said that. It's a good number. There's nothing really for a man to fix no more. We don't do nothing. Okay. And I'm not trying to degrade men, but we kind of do that ourselves with the stuff that we see on TV. Homer Simpson, Peter Griffin, you portray the man Right. As lazy, arrogant, stupid, mean. Yeah. And that's okay. It's funny. It's not funny. That's not what it should be. We should be portraying men a little better, but that's a little too deep for this segment. Yeah. No, you can talk about whatever you want. And you fast forward, and there's really nothing for a man to fix. So a man wants to be able to feel like he can take care of his own situation. Mm. And it ends up being because of pride. It could be, yeah. And you can correct me if I'm wrong or if it sounds off. But like Katie said that, it's her husband, right? She confides in him. She just wants him to listen, but he wants to fix it. Could it be that since that's his wife, who he loves, he wants to fix her situation because he loves her? And he's like, oh, well, let me let me help you fix it. Well, okay. Could that be a cause too? What I was eventually getting to, because a man wants to fix things around the house, mm-hmm. all right, when it comes to conversation, the man's in fix-it mode. He's in fix-it mode. Who hit you? Who made fun of you? Yeah. Okay, fix-it mode. You didn't do your chores? We're going to fix that. All right? Yeah. Who, who looked at your butt? Who cat-called you? Fix-it mode. So when man hears problem, he hears Man need fix. Man need fix. You have problem. Man need fix. <laughs> when it comes down to it. I was getting there. A little, little bit of journey there, but the plane is landed and ready for redeparture. <laughs> Fuel me up, Johnny. Man here problem. Man here problem. Man need fix. <laughs> Straight up. And that's what it is. So woman oh, come. So God. Noemi calls me the other day. And she vents. She vents about a situation. We're keeping it vague when I say situation. All right? So she vents about a situation. And I hear it halfway through it. I start telling her what I would have done. And sometimes I'd ask, you know, do you need me to just listen or you want some advice? But this time it was so apparent in my brain what needed to happen that I just went and blurted it. Why? Because man here problem, man need fix. <laughs> I wish I wish I had the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Man here problem, man need fix. So that is why. Next question. Oh my So there you go, Katie. You're welcome, Katie. Man that didn't help problem. anything. Men need fix. Oh, and if that's that's an uh, a deal to where man ends up needing to fix, then before conversation, say, "Hey, hey, buddy, I need you to listen for a little bit. Your mouth keep it shut, okay? <laughs> okay, pumpkin. Okay, pumpkin. Okay, pumpkin. Okay. Next one is from Jennifer. She's a friend of mine. Jenny. Why do men get the man cold? And she put a laughy face. The man cold? Why do men get the man cold? You know what that is, right? Meaning that we get a little sick and we act all crazy like it's a big deal. You guys are extra when you're sick. Like the world is ending. You can't move. If you move your pinky, that's it. 
The okay. world is imploding. All right. So let's 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 check it out. Okay. Let's go back. Ancestral days. <laughs> oh, okay? we're going back again. We're going back. Okay, we're going. What back. happens in the ancestral days mm-hmm. when a man gets sick? He can't provide. He can't hunt. He can't um, fight. He can't protect. Okay, so he can't fix. Man can't fix. Man can't fix. Okay, so when a man is sick, the sickness is amplified with a little bit of anxiety. Why would a man be anxious about being sick? Because man no light gets sick. <laughs> man need provide. <laughs> is that what goes on? Is that your internal di- dialogue How's it in, in your brain? Well, it's not internal if I'm saying it. It's I'm both. Saying, no. Huh? I'm saying. <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, I'm saying like on your day-to-day life. Is that what you hear? Oh, yeah. Man need fix. Yeah. <laughs> That's your internal dialogue. I literally, while I'm walking, go right, left. Right. <laughs> Left. <laughs> just joking. Stupid. So, okay. So, man gets cold. Anxiety amplifies sickness. Okay. Because stress amplifies sickness. Mm. That's why whenever I got COVID, which was a long three weeks of my life. Three I, weeks. Yeah, I got three weeks of COVID. ACDC it's only, said it's only two weeks. So I had the symptoms for three much. weeks. Just kidding. <laughs> It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, COVID humor. <laughs> da, da, da. And then, um. <laughs> so, when a man gets stressed out because he's sick, it's amplified a little bit. So, everything's going to be a little amplified. And is he dramatic? Sure. I've been sick before and dramatic. The thing is, the thing that's crazy is I've done some man things. And if anybody from my workplace is listening, these are hypothetical situations that I did not do. Okay. I'm nodding my head. Okay. That, you know, take it for what it is. I've climbed a satellite tower 60 feet up in the air. Okay. Adjusting my harness along the way. Oh. I've lapeled myself off of a bridge. Last episode, I said I broke my thumb. I popped it back into place. I went right back to work into a job that I needed two hands. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've gotten hit in the head with a fastball. In high school Ooh. from a dude that threw 85 miles an hour. Oh, that explains it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, it explains a lot, right? <laughs> explains a lot. I have been tackled. I've been beat up. I've, I've felt a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So it's not that men can't endure. I just think it comes with the stress of being sick. Okay. I, 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 that's what so I think. Just, there's just other things going on other than the actual sickness there's yeah. also and in, we're not like used anxiety. to men aren't used to being sick because a woman's argument is like try carrying a baby for nine months. I don't. No. I don't need that. Try, no. try, try having your situation no. every month. Mm-mm. Look what I got to deal situation with. Situation every month. No guys. Oh, oh you got a little cold there. Try menopause and heat flashes and mood swings. I'm who ate have, a, who have I ate a been, Twinkie and I'm crying for no reason. Who have you been talking to? I don't know who I'm imitating with this voice. That sounds like no woman I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you just gave up halfway. <laughs> you just like stopped and like looked down in shame. <laughs> so I don't know how well I'm doing with these answers. Um, but hey, yeah. no, hey, Noemi. Yeah. What else you got for me? Question number three. Okay, so before we get into that, can I can I give my two cents on the man cold? Yeah, let's do it. All I have to say is, is that women, we when we get sick, we still do all the things. It mm-hmm. doesn't stop. It, even if we're told to stay home from work, the the work does not stop. When a man is sick, they don't cook, they don't clean, they don't take care of kids. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying every single one, but most of the time, most of the people that I've heard and from my own experience, that's what happens. They're in bed all day and that's it. Nothing else happens. And maybe that's smarter because they probably get better faster. But that's that's why we call it the man cold because a woman's cold or, or flu or whatever, you're still giving baths to the kids. You're still getting them dressed. They get fed. You do all the cleaning in the house. You still go and get groceries if you can. Uh, we, it doesn't stop. So that's I think that's where the term 
man cold because the whole world stops when a man is sick. Kind of. Yeah. That, but I'm just if, but that's if, where that term if comes responsibilities from. are delegated, then they're gonna you're gonna keep doing what right. you're supposed to be saying, doing. And I'm not saying any every man. Yeah, cause cause so, some that so when I get sick, I poured concrete with pneumonia one time. Didn't know I had pneumonia, <laughs> but I poured concrete oh in the rain. Had pneumonia. Took four days off of work after that. Wow. So I get what you're saying. You just built different. I'm built different. But <laughs> uh, or that I'm just, I'm just borderline dumb <laughs> i don't know <laughs> or it was that fastball it was that it was that fastball uh, yeah. everything dumb that i do from now on is gonna be that 85 mile an hour fastball mm-hmm. that i got hit in the head with um yeah i was gonna say something else but i forgot so next question okay the next one is from dominique my ex-coworker all right, and all current right. friend dumb the dumb dumb why do men open all the cabinets in the kitchen and don't close them she has a two-parter. That's the first part. That's the first question. Why do men open all the cabinets in the kitchen and don't close them? They don't close them. Okay. Mansplain that. Mansplain it? All right. What is a man without a woman? <laughs> what is a man without a woman? Nothing. Our bass player? Our bass player. I don't think he'll mind me saying his name. George. George Porgy. George. George. All right. George of the Jungle. He has said his room... Growing up, when he was single, mm-hmm. couch, TV, fridge, was it? <laughs> All right. A man thinks simple. If I leave this drawer open a little crack, I don't have to pull it from the handle. I could just pull it from the drawer. <laughs> okay. If that cabinet's open, where I get my mugs, I don't have to open it tomorrow. <laughs> a man doesn't see out of order. A man sees simplicity. <laughs> A man doesn't need to go and adjust the milk to face a certain way, okay? He doesn't need all the cup, the mug handles to face to the right and face down. The plates don't need to match. Let's say you have three different sets of plates. They're yellow, green, and blue. A female, a woman, will stack the yellow, the green, and the blue. Man, yellow, blue, green, yellow, yellow, blue, green, blue, yellow. It doesn't matter. Why? If it's clean, you put it on top. Nomi's crying, laughing right now. Okay, a man, a man, oh, a cereal box, my gosh. it's good enough if you just push the plastic down. <laughs> Why do you need to close the flap? It doesn't make any sense. Explain it to me. Other than aesthetics and visual you know, reasoning, just, okay. there's no reason. <laughs> okay, tell me why you close the cabinet doors. <laughs> tell me why. Oh, You're not going to hit your head on them, ladies. Most of you are five seven and below. <laughs> Most of you are. So you're not going to. What? What does it? What does it do? Oh my god! Serious note. I saw this meme one time. <sighs> this lady said, "My husband of thirty years, who every day would leave the cabinets open in the morning before he left to work for thirty years, passed away last week." And I wake up and all the cabinets are closed. And the closed cabinets make me miss my husband. So ladies, closed cabinet, open cabinet versus don't sweat the small stuff. Close the cabinet. See, every time you say on a serious note, I have to prepare myself because usually I'm still laughing and you always talk about death. (laughs) I can't. I can't. I went on my rant about it. There you go, Dominique. (laughs) What's the second oh part of the question, gosh, Dominique? That kills the, the, me. the crazy thing kills is, me. the crazy thing is, they're, they're like cliche questions. What's up with the man cold? What's up with Mister Fix It? What's up with the closed okay. and open cabinets? Okay, how about this? When we're done, you're gonna get to ask me, and I will woman explain you one thing. One thing. One okay. thing. So the second question she she asked, why do why do men open the fridge? And walk away and leave it open. Does it apply to the same thing? I've never heard of a man that does that. That's just your man. Okay. That's just your man. No man will leave the... Okay. More likely, more than likely, a man has items, maybe just 5% of it, whether it be his drinks, whether it be his salsa, his sriracha, maybe uh, simply lemonade, strawberry kind. Uh There's stuff in that fridge that are more valuable to him cold. 
He's going to close the fridge. I don't know anybody that leaves a fridge open. Anybody. Sorry. Yeah. That's uh sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just got to ask him what's going on there. Yeah. Okay. Close the fridge, bro. This one's for, from Ariana. Who leaves a fridge open? All right. Ariana. Ariana. Why do men leave their dirty clothes on the floor right next to the dirty laundry hamper? Can I say one? This one is really funny. And it has to do with my baby daddy. Okay. okay. So he always did this to me. And it would frustrate me. I didn't understand why. I thought I was the only one, but apparently a lot of men do this. Um and so where we lived, it was our our bathroom. I had I had our hamper in like kind of by our bed. And in the shower, like he would get in the shower, he always left his dirty clothes by the sink. And there was an empty space. He would always drop it there. So then I moved the hampers there in that specific spot. And I said, okay, he's got to put them in there now. And they all had lids. So he he would put them either next to the hamper or on top. He would didn't bother to open it. And put the clothes inside. So I got rid of the lids. Okay. I got rid of the lids. And he would fold his clothes over the top, <laughs> never inside. Okay. And I would be like, oh. Okay. All right. I've got this. A man's planet, Freddy. What the derf has got this. Okay. Okay. Who buys the hampers? Who, go to, who goes to Home Goods? Who goes to TJ Maxx to go look at a little bit of sales, possibly get some jam or some flavored hey, popcorn for whatever reason they have that? can be cute. Okay. Who goes to Hobby Lobby and looks at a hamper, says that can be cute, and buys it? Who, who is buying the hampers percentage-wise of men and women? Women. It's got to be 98% women. Mm-hmm. They're cute. got to be. They're baskets. All right. You found women like baskets. a need... To organize dirty clothes. You found a need to. Men, if there was no woman, dirty clothes on floor. And then you pick them up and you wash them. That's it. They're probably in a corner of a room. <laughs> all, the, all the dirty clothes in one corner. Is that Because you look very passionate about it. No comment. No <laughs> Okay. There has to be order. There has to be Without order. order for the, w- there's chaos. Okay, so with <laughs> there has to be order. You're laughing because you know I'm right. No, no, I'm laughing because there has to. That was funny. You ha- there has to be order for the things that you care about. I care about clothes. All right. If you ask a man to go get or where is this tool, he knows exactly where it is in the garage. If he used it, he know, he will be my um, socket wrench is on top of the cabinet right next to that paper clip shaped like a triangle that I twisted because I had anxiety. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly specifically where it is. Mm-hmm. Where are the boxes? Yeah, I folded them up in the garage. They're <laughs> behind the ironing board. Wow. Where are the boxes? Use the one in the back on the back of the stack. That's how I am. Because that's the sturdy one. You ask a guy that you ask a guy, hey, why do you, why do you put your clothes? uh, No, you know, if you ask a guy, hey, where's that shirt you were wearing in the bottom of that pile in the corner? He knows exactly where it is. Not, no. Yes. Okay. So another reason, more times than not, a guy's not sitting down, taking off his clothes. He's standing up. Belt undone, pants fall, you're not bending over. It's too far. I don't feel like holding my breath right now. I just got out of work. Clothes are staying on the floor. Wow. It was very, very passionate. Yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about for about eight minutes and 32 seconds is growing up in the 90s. Growing up in the 90s, that was, right. it was lit. 
I say these kids are evolving. And I remember growing up, the things that you did for money, the chores, the lawns that you mowed, going around, helping people out. You know what was one of my favorite memories growing up in the 90s and maybe early 2000s too? Mm Mm-hmm was going to the library. Yeah, that going was one to the library. That's my favorite thing. So my my dad's sister, uh she was she's the closest in age of the females to my dad. She never got married, never had kids. So she's like the cool tia. She's the tia that would just let us get away with anything. Yep. Right? And she would come and stay with us for months at a time. And sorry, I was kind of far away from the mic. Um, she would come and visit for uh, visit us for a couple months, and she would she would kind of just take turns with each family, each of my dad's siblings that had kids. She still does it. And after school or on the weekends, she'd get us all together. We would we would literally go and sell candies all on our street, get the money, walk over to Rite Aid, get ice cream. And then cross the, cross the street where we, it was close to where we lived, cross the street, go to the library, and then play in the park. That's what we did. Mm. It was All good. the time. It was but, but what about making money? Life. Did you do anything to make money when yeah, you were younger? Yeah, we sell candies. You sell candies? Yeah. Sell candies, wash uh, people's windshields. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you'd go around to the neighborhood and... and uh, or like I'll pick I'll pick the trash up in your in your front in your front yard or things like that. Yeah. And or like clean the gutters. You don't see kids mowing lawns, you don't see kids hustling, you don't see teenagers selling their, their CDs at a mall parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do understand that, that we have transitioned Technology. into a time where you can be productive in your room. And it might seem like, what's he doing in there? You can be making $100,000 a year just sitting in your room, Mm -hmm. making content, Mm -hmm. playing video games. You can be doing that. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is, how are these kids getting their physical interaction and playing and creativity and imagination? Right. We're transitioning into the metaverse, you know, Facebook, where everything is going to be digital just like the freaking movies that you saw in the 80s 90s and 2000s just movies it's going to be digital you're going to have an avatar yeah in 50 years you're going to have an avatar you're going to do business meetings where you don't have to be there crazy right the the boomers and the the 60 70 year olds that are are ceos and part of businesses that they're going to be filtered out look at the coaches in football they're all young with the exception of a couple everything's going to be young age new age you're going to be yeah, it's going to be yeah, like that. Crazy, yeah. But let's not, get, that is like a depressing, a, the that, depressing That's, that's side. only depressing <laughs> if you don't adapt. Yeah. If you don't adapt. I guess. And it, it, the, the, we play such a small role in the rhythm and direction that society is going to go as far as technology. It's going to happen. Our role as as you know godly men and women is to make sure that everybody's striving for righteousness throughout the process no matter what right. there's righteousness in everything there's ethics and morals and everything no matter what the situation is you know it's just different situations and different growth but let's backtrack let's yeah, rewind let's go back to the, 90s. to the 90s and speaking of rewind what about VHSs yeah what about VHSs i still had VHS tapes lots of them even when i was pregnant even when you were pregnant yeah my mom my mom had this tv i got so upset that she threw it she threw it out we had so many vhs i had all the classic disney movies you know you know the classic and those plastic boxes right which probably worth money now yeah and you know what we had because you can get a vcr you look at the tv guide on the tv that scrolling TV guide to show you what's playing. Yeah. You find something that you want to watch. You get a six-hour VHS. There was two, there was four, and there's six, and you record that movie. My Mm. mom would record movies instead of buying them Mm -hmm. because we We may or may not have had an illegal cable box growing up. (laughs) May or may not have, okay? 
wasn't my choice. I cannot confirm or deny. We were enabled by <laughs> my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so what my mom would do is make sure that she, we didn't have the money to buy all the movies. So my mom would record movies and then make the tape for us. And I remember one specific one had Rookie of the Year, Robin Hood, Rookie Men in Tights, year. Little Big League, and there was another movie that was an adult movie. I forget what it was, but it was boring as heck. I don't What's remember. It? Yeah, because I'd get to it and just rewind, be like, ugh, rated R adult movies. Put it back on Rookie of the Year. <laughs> hey, Rowan Gardner. You know? Yeah. That's, that's what's up. Yeah. I had some like that too, where I think it was Pocahontas and Muppets in Space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to know that what? That was one of my favorite Muppet movies. So the VHSs that I grew up with, we had a few, but for whatever reason, the ones that I grew up with were Little Mermaid when I was in San Jose, and we'd go to El Paso, Texas often, and I'd watch the original Night of the Living Dead over and over and over. Mm. You got two different sides of the pendulum, the spectrum. You got Disney mermaids. <laughs> you got zombies. And not, and those just two put together, everything. when you just get the, when they collide, you get Fred. <laughs> you get Fred. And I remember growing up, we had the double VHSs where when a movie was too long, you'd have two two VHSs, mm-hmm. and it would say, "Please insert VHS number two, Titanic, Braveheart." Yes, Pearl I was, Harbor. I was about to say that I, we had the Titanic with the double. Is this, we thought we were so cool. We yeah. had that double VHS tape mm-hmm. cover. Can I tell you, when I saw, I saw a Titanic in theaters, okay? Okay. It's PG-13. Yes. My mom's watching it. Mm-hmm. And I believe, when did Titanic come out? It had to be 98? It's nine, I think it was 99. 98 or 99. You're okay, probably, so you're probably, you're I remember I was right. about 12 years old. Hmm. Okay, 12, somewhere around there. So I'm a little too old for mom to be covering my eyes. Okay. She's not going to embarrass me in the little middle of a movie theater and say, don't look. So Titanic's happening. I'm like, this movie's kind of not for me, not my cup of tea. Like boring to you. And then Jack draws Rose. Right. And I'm sitting next to my mom. And she doesn't cover my eyes. And when I tell you... It was the most uncomfortable thing ever. When I was sitting in an air-conditioned <clears throat> movie theater, mm-hmm. my armpits got so sweaty, <laughs> my, my glasses started sliding down my nose because my nose got greasy. And I'm sitting there next to my mom, who is probably giving me the side eye to just see what I'm doing and probably talk crap about me later to my dad. Like, see, Freddy, when those boobies came out on Titanic, see how uncomfortable he got sitting next to me? I would, you know, for older, but I'm sitting there 12 years old. I don't, I'm 12 years old. I don't want to look away because my friends might be around and they might be like, oh, what? You, are you still a little kid? You, you can't see the boobies? You can't, you can't see the boobies? You know? <laughs> the little 12 year olds be like, act like you've seen boobies before. First of all, why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're dumb. So I'm sitting there just just sweaty next to my mom. Just uncomfortable as heck. And it, it's go, it goes from drawing to a steamy car and a, a handprint that slides down. And I don't think I breathe in that whole spot. When finally it cut, when the hand, print, hand went away that slid in the sliding glass. And I, that's like the only part that I can visually remember because of how uncomfortable it made me. Yeah. After that part, it was, really you just hear, you just hear. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And the thing is, hormones didn't take over at that point. I was just, all right, I got to look cool, but I, I don't want to, you know, whatever. I'm just going to act like, doesn't phase me, mom. Doesn't phase me. Whatever. Just fat with the crack. Just fat with the crack. So you, I remember. Why do you say that? Fat with the crack? Yeah. Because that's all butts are. They didn't show her butt. I'm just saying. I, I don't know what to call that. You know, it's whatever, man. Just go with it. All right, all right, all right. 
Okay. Also, uh, 90s, what did you used to get grounded for? I never got grounded. Oh, lucky you. I just I just got spanked. I I think Luckily, I didn't get grounded. My mom just beat my butt. Oh. Yeah, I guess that works. Sarcastic. Honestly, I never really got grounded either. Maybe if me and my brother fought, no video games for the day. Mm, but for the yeah. most part. No, my mom didn't give those types of punishments. For the most part, we were uh, we were pretty chill. Me and my brother fought a lot. Um, no, I was a lot. Tr- I was in trouble a lot. Mm. I, I was uh, an active child. <laughs> Very active. <laughs> so we spent most of our time outside. We weren't. I wasn't a troublemaker. I was just precocious, I want to say. No, okay. no, I don't think that's the right word. I was just very active. Free. Very active, very curious. So I would do scientific experiments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> With my mom's cleaning products. <laughs> Constantly. I would make concoctions and I'd tell my cousin, look, I'm about to kill these ants. You want to see? I'm a scientist. Just, I took the worst one that I did. I took all of my mom's cleaning products. Clorox, Fabuloso, bleach, laundry detergent, Ajax, every, you name it, anything that is, but my mom had, my mom was packing, you know? <laughs> I took everything and I grabbed a bowl, put a little bit, and then he's like, ooh, your mom's gonna get mad. I'm like, shh. I'm a scientist. And you poured it on the ants and it and didn't I kill said, them. All they did was grow a mustache and go, why is it spicy? Why is it spicy? <laughs> no. So I, the ants did die and I got spanked. Dang. The end. The end? Yeah. My mom was pissed. Everything was bubbling up. And she's like, what is that? But Okay. You yeah, did that bad. because you were bored. Kids don't know how to be bored. Yeah. Now. Me growing up, I would eat three leaf clovers. Because I wasn't, there's no video games. I was done my homework. I could only play video games Friday read, and Saturday. Did you ever eat the stems of the yellow flowers? I ate the t- stems t- of t- the like yellow flowers. It does. I know what dog food tastes. I ate ants one time just because I was so bored. Me too. I was so They're spicy. bored. And you just, you figure stuff out. You get a stick and you sword fight with the tree. Right. You start to go count a Monte Cristo on the thing. <laughs> you start to go three musketeers with, um, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt, and Chris O'Donnell. How do I remember that? You learned how to kiss. How do I remember those names? I don't know. You learned how to kiss with a tree. No, I I never did that. I did that. Me and my friends did that. Like Molly Shannon from Superstar? Yeah. You kissed a tree? Yeah. Why don't you just kiss your hand? I didn't make out with it. I just kissed it. Like pecked it? I needed to see See what what? it felt like. A tree? Yeah. Yeah. You know, let me find something. You know, my... My thumb and my pointer finger put together. No, that wouldn't be lips because it's skin and warm. I'm going to find some bark and kiss the tree. Yeah, I never tried that. Yeah. Yeah, that was just boredom. Um, I would play, I would play on my bike all day. Mm -hmm. My knees all scraped and I have scars all over my knees because of it. So kids nowadays... They don't have, they have clean knees. They don't know how to be bored and they don't know how to make money. Yeah. The end. All right. We've come to the portion of the podcast. If you're a frequent listener, you know what time it is. And if you're new, then here is. (laughs) Sorry. It's the wrong wrong button. It's the wrong button. Still. Hold on. I got it. The wrong button. Verse of the day. <laughs> we have to do that again. Go, go, do it again. Do it, go, go. Okay, introduce. introduce no, it just again. go. Just this is it. Verse of the day. Okay. To the pastor, Doug. I'm not. Okay. I'm not editing any of that. <laughs> any of that. You have to take out when I put the wrong no buttons. I'm, that people are gonna know. Oh my gosh! People are gonna know that you change everything on me. All right, so <laughs> I didn't change it this time. That was It's been the same. No. Moving on. So at the end of each podcast, we go into the verse of the day. And why we do this? We're both Christian. We're both striving for Christ-like lives. And we just love to make people smile, laugh, and 
you know, give you something to think about, give you a little bit of encouragement. Because that's what all about. Yeah. If you have friends, you're going to stick to the friends that you laugh with and encourage each other. So the verse of the day is Galatians 1, 10. For am I now seeking the favor of man or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I picked that because this is one of those scriptures that means something totally different to me now. Post-depression, post-revelation of anxiety, post-heartbreak. Okay. Okay. There are a lot of times prior to, you know, you have to fight the temptation time and time again. It's come, it's becoming fewer and far between now. But whenever you make a decision, there are times that before you make the decision or even after you make the decision, you think, what will people think? What will people think of me? How will I look like? What will I look like? Especially if it's in a, a step towards faith. And you're not stepping. It, it takes away the faith. It takes away the righteousness if you're worried about, worried about what you're going to look like in the eyes of man. What do you yeah. think? The world rejects anything that has to do with God. So if you're praying, it's not, it's not cool. It's weird. It's strange. And our flesh feels that. One of the main things is you have to reject your flesh every day and let yourself be led by the Spirit and not by your flesh. Because our flesh wants to please the world. Our flesh wants to please men. And sometimes it's hard to do the right thing when you feel like, but is this person going to be upset? Or am I going to freak them out? Or am I going to... Are they going to look at me a certain way? Are they going to not want to be my friend? Are they not going to talk to me? And it's weird to think that we would care more about that than our salvation sometimes. It's, it just comes natural. When you want to buy a nice car and you think about what people are going to think of you when you buy it or when they, yeah. when they see you with it or driving it or when you have the gadgets and the tools and the right. clothes it's all for other people right. i forget who i told one time but it's, I, just like I, a, it's just like a car out of nowhere i go i, forgot, I said out of nowhere i was like man um remodeling your kitchen wouldn't really make a difference if you're blind huh you told me that i told you that Mm-hmm. And I said you, that because... You said it about your kitchen, and I think you were going to do something with your bathroom or something. Yeah, and it made sense to me in a way that you only care because you can see it or what it looks like. You wouldn't care if your eyes were taken away. It wouldn't be a care in the world. If anything, right. you'd be you'd be more in tune <clears throat> with uh, the spirit if you took one of those senses away. Or that sense. Or it if, if, it was, if, yeah, it was, uh, if it was hindering you. If right. you were in that place where you find yourself trying to please man with what you have. You see, on a, on a total opposite side of the spectrum. So you have what some people do, and that's trying to please man. And the, there's actual effort to please man. Or on the opposite side of that, there are some people who don't act or pursue something because of what man will think. And they don't want to displease Man, so you're still worrying about the favor of man over what you're you're doing. So yeah. you don't act; you remain stagnant. And can I just uh, point out that it doesn't exclude yourself in that verse? Okay. Speaking about man in general, it's also talking about you. Yeah. And I actually saw—I don't know if you saw it. It's not a meme. It's more—it's this picture going around that I've seen a couple of times on Instagram and Facebook. And it says, just remember, your flesh does not care about your salvation because mm -hmm. it's not going with you to mm, heaven. That's good. I feel like what we we're averaging like 120 listeners an episode or something like that. And I feel like someone can be touched by this. And that is... Sometimes the worrying <clears throat> of the favor of man 
pushes you to lose your try, your quote unquote try, your drive. It takes away your passion. It takes away your dream because of what really is just your own self being a con artist over yourself because nobody cares. And, and that's what, what it really is, is that you're, you're, people are con artists against themselves. I mean, they're there to kind of just deceive and talk themselves, yourselves, myself out of situations because of a projected outcome that hasn't even happened yet. And you lose your try. You lose mm -hmm. your try. You lose your, your effort. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that, that you're, you're enough. You're enough. You're always enough. Just the way you are, the way you're standing, the way you're sitting, the way you're breathing, the way your health is right now. If you're alive, you're enough. You're enough. You're enough in the eyes of God. So I just ask you this. I go, where is your try and why have you stopped? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you've been dreaming to do? What is it that you have a passion for? Why have you stopped? Who have you stopped for? Is it because somebody let you down? Is it because you let yourself down? Every day is a new day. Part of killing your flesh, and when I say that is... It means you just kill the temptations of the flesh. You kill what the flesh is. Noemi just said that the flesh, you know, resist heaven because it's not going with you. It doesn't care about your It doesn't salvation. care about your salvation because it's not going with you. So you have to resist the temptations to give in to your flesh. Laziness, doubt, uh, depressed days that you can get out of. Sometimes you do need a break. Sometimes you do need to just sit home and be a hermit. But that's not forever. You do have to get yourself out. You have to kill the temptations of the flesh. Robert Owens was a guest speaker at our church over the weekend. Robert Owens is a ex or active military. I know he's still out there with the Navy SEALs um, in their training. I forget what that's called, but where they ring the bell and stuff. He's a marathon, super marathon runner, fittest senior citizen in America a few years ago. And the dude's jacked. And he commented on Facebook, a Facebook post that I posted the other day has a quote that he said that I posted. And what I posted is, uh, comfort will ruin your life. Embrace the suck. Quote unquote, Robert Owens. And he commented, do something difficult every day. Something that you don't want to do. Wrestle with yourself and your flesh all day long. Fight with yourself. Then get the win after persevering. It is so satisfying and strengthening to see that you have so much more strength inside of you. That is God's strength waiting to be tapped into. You aren't defeated. You are strong. And the last thing he says, the last thing he says, and this is coming from a very decorated man, very achieved man. He's probably probably wrestled with with doubt and temptations to be lazy. He had to kill his flesh just like just like we need to do every day. The last thing he says. And when you see a 70-year-old man running a super marathon, you have no excuses. You have no excuses. When you see a 70-year-old man just fit you have no excuses when he says, get past your issues. Yeah. Don't blame it on genes. Don't blame it on a sickness. Don't blame it on your weight, your health, your situation. He was adopted. Don't blame it on, on your parents, your surroundings, your siblings, your job, your kids. Don't blame it on the missed opportunities. Don't blame it on I had a kid too soon. Don't blame it on divorce. Don't blame it on baby daddies. Mm -hmm. Don't blame it on yeah. heartbreak or miscarriages or death. Don't blame it on people that it did you wrong. Don't look for something. Because when you start to blame things for your lack of try, you're just making excuses and excuses are lies to yourself. 
That's all you're doing. You're being your own con artist. And when you're stubborn, stubborn and don't persist on trying, you're only deceiving yourself. You're not affecting anyone else but yourself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So get off your butt. Get off your butt and try. Go start that bakery. Go run that marathon. Yeah. Go fight for custody. Go on that hike. Go on that trip. Go back to school. Keep trying for a kid. Keep busting your butt at work. Show up early. Don't stop trying. Don't let anything kill your try. Don't let anything kill your try. Cool? Cool.